boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. It's piping hot outside, so naturally we're going to do the unprofessional thing today and do what you do on a hot day. We're going to pop a couple of cold ones and uh, just shoot the she's, and hopefully we don't... Hopefully we don't get a little tipsy as we do it. Um, all, if you notice that, that was three, three. Uh, what do they call these tall boys popping open? Yes, they were. Tease so bees. Yeah, by the time we're done these, it might be a little bit colorful. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. I can say once again, as usual, I had to say for a couple of weeks, I was wrong. Today, I can say I was right. But In what? December, when the outlaw... <laughs> when have you ever act- said you were wrong? The one time? No, I said it was it, a couple of shows ago. Yeah, and I and I said I was wrong. It pained me to say it. I don't even remember what I said I was wrong about. You should isolate that and use that as a bumper. Yeah, yeah like uh, what well, we talked about that off air. We were just going to turn that into a yeah. house beat. Yes. I was wrong. So instead of Glenn, but, Glenn goes up even better. Yeah. <laughs> Drink, have a sip of beer. <laughs> Every time you say something bad about Glenn Goza, you should have a sip of beer. How do you spell Goza? I think it's G-O-Z-A. But in the States, Z, G-O-Z-A. Gleeze, geese. Yeah, gleeze, geese. Um, Adam Knight, in December, I said, he will sneak back in the back door. He'll never go to CWE and face Easy Rider, who basically kicked him out of the venue after he slapped a fan. He'll never go and face up to it and shake hands and say, hey, I'm sorry. But what he would do is, he, and I said this, he would back door in through Primos, and they would welcome him with open arms. And it's now five months later, and true to his form, Adam Knight is back. He's even, this is something funny. Somebody sent me this, because I'm blocked. Somebody sent me a screenshot of his sponsored post on Instagram, pushing t-shirts. He's paying for ads to promote his own comeback. No way. Yes. It says the outlaw rides again. So... True to form for Adam Knight, not only... This is why I know he's a high risk to slap another fan. <laughs> because he should have learned how to cut a YouTube promo to build a build a match. At least one you tickets. could hear what he's saying. Yes. So I could not even hear Primo's that. releases it. And so let's to the backstory. TJ Cannon loses the belt to Trent Seven. And there's some questions whether Trent Seven thought, you know, it was a good match or a good opponent or whatever. I don't know. I wasn't there. Then they do a four-way to get the belt back. So you put over the name, and then he, he doesn't want to do clean business, so it's got to be a fatal four-way. So he doesn't have to do a direct job, maybe. I don't know. I didn't see it. Usually that's what it is when you book a four-way for the name to lose the belt. I did, I, I've fallen victim to that once before with Jim Neidhart. Anyway, Trent Seven wins the belt, then loses it back. So obviously that's a title lineage thing where they get to brag Trent Seven was a 204 champion. And TJ Cannon is the champion again. So they released to YouTube what I would call a wonderful promo as I turn my phone off before it rings. <laughs> and it's Who's been that? ringing today. <laughs> You've had a few phone calls, have you? Yes. But it starts with TJ Cannon, the new, and he's just won the title back. 
And Kelly Russell comes in the screen. I love Kelly Russell. He's the general manager at Primo's now. Yes, but he can't cut a promo, and he knows he can't cut a promo. It doesn't look believable. It's contrived. He's delivering lines, and he's overacting. But at least he's acting, right? <laughs> Unlike Adam Knight. At least the overacting's better than no acting. Then Adam Knight walks into shot. Saunters in. Saunters in. And he mutters something. But because he's not miked, for one, and he would know this. He worked in television. He is not miked, and so he's got to talk loud if he's not miked. But he speaks very, very under his breath, almost like he wants to lay the challenge, but he doesn't. But he wants to whisper it. And this is a problem with him, I've said before. Deliver your, your punchline so people can get behind what you're saying. The last thing you want is everyone watching this video going, what did he say? What is he trying to get across? I couldn't hear anything that no. happened in that promo. I could hear everything Kelly Russell said. I was also looking at the body language. <laughs> Adam Knight, you know, puffs his chest out, walks over to TJ Cannon, who kind of backs down and acts kind of cowardly. The baby face, yes, like, being petrified of this match coming up. And then and then Adam Knight walks away, and then he's just kind of like exasperated because he's like, oh. Yeah, now oh. I've got a real opponent. Like, what? So That should have never made how, air. How about that orange singlet? I thought he looked like a pylon. I was thinking like more of a Halloween theme. Well, and you know why? Because he's very robust and round. So instead of a pylon, which seems to be a little slender, Adam Knight really didn't look too slender in that promo. He didn't. He's never got the gear thing figured out, hey? Like, remember when he, at Commencement of Cool, oh. or he showed up with the Jerry Lawler gear? And I remember Commencement of Cool well, because he's going to be in a feature match. We know it's <laughs> it would have drawn better if he'd sold the 200 yeah. tickets he Thank took. Thank you, it, by the way. Yeah. I think I was in that tag match with him. Yes. Myself and DiCaprio against, against him and... Adam Knight and TJ Bratt. Uh, I think Darren Dalton. Oh, right. Okay, right, okay, right. so... Adam Knight is coming back. He is the outlaw again, or never. The outlaw being, rides again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you lean into that now? He's no. Got, he, he should have no. called himself the abusive Adam it's, Knight. It's too late though. As a booker, put your differences aside. This is a guy who's got some heat for it. He's known. As, he's known as the. You're going to need a big sip after three. this. He's going <sighs> to be a big part of your show. He's already called himself the outlaw. He's done outlaw behavior. So do you lean into this now? Do you lean into the slap? As a finish. Just no. as a heel. Just as a Maybe as a finish. As a finish and just Adam Knight as a heel that will do anything. Think do about you, a you, slap as you a See, finish. this is what we tried to do in 03 after as a baby face he slapped the fan. Do you plant do you plant some uh some some boys some, Blue some trainees in the crowd no. and have them slap them? No. <laughs> just to, to prove that this guy's crazy, he'll do anything. No, you do not re you do not reenact the initial the last slap, the second yeah. or third of his career. You don't do that. Hmm. You but first you, and foremost, you sit him down and you say, listen, dummy, do not slap fans. They buy tickets ever. Do not. I'm just wondering if this could be turned. You know what I mean? This can be turned into something. You want to know what the problem with Adam Knight is? And I started every sentence with the problem is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the problem with Adam Knight is that we've done more to get him over than he's done for himself. He cuts the worst YouTube promos ever, ever, ever. And he doesn't know how to cut a promo. And so... All those Primo's promos were pretty bad. Yes, fair. And there's a bunch of guys that don't even know who they are. Yeah. They don't even look like wrestlers. I don't even know who these guys are. I yeah. guess they are trainees, maybe? Yeah. Apparently, Mark Merrick got a real vote of confidence from Trent Seven for his training methods. Did he really? That's what, that's what I heard from somebody, but I also heard... Yeah, but Trent when, Seven bury the entire roster. So you it depends have on to, who you talk to. Okay, so you always have to be careful when the name who's getting paid puts you over, right? So it's one thing 
Because he might want return business. I hope someone brings him back because God, is he good. He is such a good... Next time he comes, we should go. And there might be fireworks if he comes back because Adam Knight will be on the show. And I have a feeling Adam Knight might be so mad at me because... Perhaps you'll get slapped. (laughs) It would be a big mistake on his part if he did. Because I'd make a police report, get a peace bond, and get him barred from Canada Life Center where I work casually and I get him completely barred from Investors Group Field, IG Field. I guarantee I would not put up with that. Don't cross Mike Davidson. Well, it's... If you want to watch football. It's ridiculous. It's why... What if he showed up to your house wanting to fight you? I would just... I would laugh (laughs) at him. Like I, I, what do you guys? I, I, I don't, I don't know what I would. I would be stunned. I'm gonna take another sip. The thing Good with Me the too. thing with Adam Knight, and this, he's getting a lot of airtime. So we're helping him draw. Hey, Primos, congratulations! We are putting over your product by being honest about it. The, if Adam Knight is going to draw anything, then his best bet would be that he would almost be better to relive the last five months and say repost his Facebook post talking about how I almost quit because, and, 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 and shoot off about how the promoter didn't have guardrails. There was no security and he had to defend himself from angry fans that were going to beat him up if he didn't fight back and try to twist the narrative into him being the innocent victim of having to slap people and talk about how back in 2003, when he slapped a fan, it was because the guy was so mouthy and he was a baby face and it was unprofessional for the fan to turn on him like that. Maybe call out easy rider and say, yeah, Oh, you like to you like to you know talk about how I should get out of the business. Well, you didn't want me in the locker room because you were threatened by me. Yeah, exactly. You could lean right yeah. into it. That's like, what I'm yeah. talking about. If yeah. you're going to do it, then live in denial and own it all because it would take away a lot of what I can complain about. Go and go as far as to say. And apparently, there's something Tom Pritchard said about me that said, "Get out of the business, you fat jackass." You know, he thinks I'm a fat jackass. Well, him and his brother, right? Whatever. Own it all and then turn it into, but he can never deliver that the promo. That would be good. Yes. That, this would be yes. good. We heard it is by accident. We are booking better than they are booking. Wow. This would be really good. But the problem is he could never deliver the promo to make it work. You know what? He could go back and say in 2008, everyone wanted to punch Mike Davidson. There was a bounty out for anyone who do it would get $50. I punched him. No one gave me $50, right? I was ahead of the curve. Yeah, exactly. Go all I'm in. An innovator. Go all in and then say, and I'm warning every fan here who bought a $25 ticket, if you say to my face, I suck, I will slap you. Right? Yeah, and then you put a plant. Yeah, but, well, no, do not go that but, far. Hold on, you got to be careful with that because you could see fans... Like <laughs> thinking he's threatening well, him. Yeah. And I'll go for no, the refund. Yeah, but oh no, you can see fans actually try to get him to get to get slapped. And not, o- not, see. not only that, it could be construed as a threat because there is a pattern. So there, there's so a- what you do then is the fans are all chanting "You suck," and he wants to go at them so bad. And there's Kelly Russell so holding hold, him back, magically yeah. holding him back like it's nothing. And then you could actually have another guy on their roster as like a psychologist and say, "Let like do a psychologist yeah, to be like, let's just, talk just, about this." Adam, do some like, vignettes. This is a this is a repetitive problem. Yeah, this is you a have abused paying behavior. audience your whole career. Doctor, how Chris do you expect Leon. how do you expect to get a payoff if you keep slapping the people who buy the t- tickets who pay for your like Look that'd be like free a, booking advice to primo's wrestling that would be like a grocery store manager slapping a complaining customer <laughs> right the customer says listen i bought milk in it and it was past expiry date and the manager's slapping them you're making my job harder like it doesn't it doesn't make sense but that's that's the story of adam knight and he's back and you know we i know the i know that the primo's owner graham keem listens and i know he 
he goes on Facebook and he kind of begs for sympathy. He'll say, you know, book the show yourselves. And, and I talked to another wrestler who said his shows are so disorganized. Like the booking is so disorganized. It's very hard to work. I've talked to somebody like that too. And then you, then you say, well, Adam Knight wants to come back. Let's bring him back. He didn't slap me. Right. Who cares if he slaps one of my fans and gets me shut down? You know, I can, what would make you feel confident in this guy? On the pecking order, where would you put CWE and compared to Primos? Vastly superior. So do you feel that he's kind of, he's he's willing to take a step down it's to the reestablish only step he himself? Take. This isn't reestablishing. So you don't think he's ever going to go back to CWE? I think he will. I think it's tough. I don't think he's easy riders and one stubborn SOB, and I don't think he's going to just look past it. I don't think Adam Knight's going to go and apologize and shake his hand. I think Danny's very happy laughing at Adam Knight and not having him on his roster. Because I there's Danny, been other guys who've been canceled off of Danny's roster too. But they sort of get sort of, but it's not for this. That Dragneel guy. Yeah, but, he's working Canada Day for them though. I think I thought he there was an incident with like uh, Yes, yes, there is I don't even know if I want to say this it's on the It's funny because I made the comment a couple episodes <laughs> well, I think ago. You have to say it now. I made the comment a couple episodes ago. I said CWE actually likes you more if you've been canceled. <laughs> Like they, they, they are political. They understand that there's a large segment of wrestling fans who don't pay attention to political correctness and they don't care. They, I don't think Danny pays attention to political correctness. Roughing up infants is no problem. Yeah. So their, their thought thought process is, (laughs) you know what? If our fans don't, if our, I think the way Danny thinks is 95% of our fans don't know. And 97% of our fans don't care. So let's bring it. Let's just do it. And who cares about the 3% that aren't going to come? We're going to worry about the 97. And, and to be clear as well, we uh, we get accused often of WPW being our darlings, whatever, because maybe because we went and did a live podcast there. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll do we, a live podcast. I'll do a live podcast at Primo's. And invite Adam Knight to take the mic. That's exactly what I was getting at. If you, if you want us to come and, you know, you want equal representation, Offer us some tickets. The we're problem, not going to come and pay pay you yeah. to come and live podcast so pre- at your event. I think we're pretty fair to all the promotions. Like, yeah, really, yeah. we talk about every one of the pro. Like, like what what's the time at here, Chris? Because yeah, we've already talked for 10 15? Minutes. 13 minutes. Okay. Thirteen minutes on primos already, the th- and it's because they knew how to make a splash. They they took the pylon or the pumpkin, <laughs> the orange guy. Like I could see you doing this at Halloween Havoc. Wear orange to fit the theme, but what do you th- like? You're when you're heavy, wear black because it's. But then he did that for the AEW show, and he looked really big in the trunk and like in the in the midsection, and looked really thin in the legs when he wore those long leggings. He should wear like just like some sort of a chaps. He's supposed to be a cowboy. Wear like a like not like a baggy pants, but like chaps with some tassels on the side, with a singlet low in the front, high in the sides. Makes his chest look big. He did makes, kind of wear chaps at one point, did he not? I believe he did. But yeah, that's what he needs to. He's a it, he's an outlaw. It looked good. It what looked like you, a. It was a good look. And he and he grew his hair out. Remember in two thousand one, he looked the best he ever looked. When, when he got were, the run, he was he also leaned out. Him super strong. Yeah. He was in the got main the event angle. title. He had. He was a champion. Mike booked him strong. He looked good. His hair was long. His trunks were good. It's very simple when you're that big. And the me. only way you could produce him at that time, though, was you had to get him to break his own thought process. And every time he stepped out of the box you gave him to perform, you had to say, that's not what I told you to do. 
That isn't what you were asked to do. That isn't what you were told to do. Stop thinking and start doing what you're told. And nobody's done that to them since 2005 or six. And the results speak for themselves. These YouTube promos are garbage. He doesn't get it. All of their YouTube Primo promos were very bad, actually. Who's producing this they show? Were, they were very bad. Nobody was miked. Yeah. It was just like, and then like they kept the camera on a little too long, and then they started laughing at the end. So it was not believable. Like, again, we talk quality control here, guys. Like, but is, is there not ca- somebody there who has quality control of no. that before you hit post? Well, on just, there needs to be some reinvestment as well. Mike, you've talked about this Jeez. many times, about reinvesting in your brand, not just taking that gate and being like, I've made a ton of money. Congratulations into my bank account. Reinvest in little things. Lavalier mic- microphones for your lapel. Very cheap. Bluetooth connectivity. You can or do it, do with it the phone. after the show when there's not crowds yeah, exactly. cheering uh, in the background. Yeah, but I'll tell you something. Boom mics. On a business sense. On a business sense, on building a business, I think Graham Keem knows more than maybe the other two promoters. He knows how to build a business. Yeah. The problem is he doesn't know have a lick of wrestling knowledge. So he's a fan with a bit of business sense. So he books like a fan. He acts like a fan. He books himself to wrestle, which was the kiss of death for Ernie Todd's credibility. He needs to hire a booker and he needs to say, I'm going to focus on selling the tickets. I'm going to focus on booking the dates. I'm going to make sure that the business end of it is successful. You're the quality guy. You're going to book it. You're going to hire the roster. You're going to create, it it will go a lot further. Well, our other, our other darling. Toxic Tyler James could be the booker. We talked about that yeah. recently. I guarantee he would do a better job. I also guarantee he'd grow very frustrated with the dis- disorganization. When I booked for a business guy, Jeff Dick was the business guy. I used to have, to, it got to the point where I had to have a rule with Jeff Dick. If any wrestler comes and talks to you, you have to refer them to me. Do not make a promise. Do not give them the perception that you're considering what they've asked for because a lot of times it'll throw off the economics of what we're trying to do. Everyone's going to come to you and ask for a raise. If you say, I'll look at it, then when you don't, it sounds like a broken promise when it doesn't come through. You need to say, that's a mic, that's a mic area. You need to have that conversation with Mike and I can say, listen, a raise isn't in the books right now. So I needed a level of autonomy because this guy would promise people. He promised a wrestler from... Alberta Edmonton, he promised him the book and he promised him a job. The guy quit his job, was going to move to Winnipeg, found out there was no job. Oh my. Right? So you got to watch because when the guy, when the wrestler initiates the conversation, it's initiating a negotiation. And Jeff used to be a pleaser. He'd never, he never liked to say no. So he'd leave you with the impression that the conversation went really well and you have an agreement. That's hard to be a businessman that way. Well, so the only two that have it right is Devin and Ben. They complement each other. They're always... WPW. Yeah, they're building their brand all the time. They don't make a lot of mistakes. That's not them being a darling, but there isn't a lot of mistakes. That's why they have so much momentum. That's why they can do a 20... They put tickets on sale at one minute. 20 minutes later, they've sold it out. And reinvestment. Reinvestment to they're their They're trying product. that, yeah. And, and big announcement this Wednesday, 48 yep. hours from now. And I, they've never false hyped an announcement. I have a theory of what it's going to be. I don't know if I should get, ah, do What's I want, theory? do I want to say I told you so next week? No, you don't want to, you don't want to ruin the surprise though. Yeah. Don't I, ruin the surprise. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin it, but I'll tell you off tell air what off I think here. it is. Yeah. Um, as for Danny, Chris Masters is coming in for Alex Hammerstone 
for a trio of dates and the Mountie four dates. Yeah. And then Mountie's going to Saskatchewan. That's, that's a, awesome. That's, that's a better name though. Jacques I think uh, Jacques Rougeau is a, a good name, but I think Chris Masters is a better name anyways. Than Hammerstone. Yeah. Except he's had him through a lot of the territory already. Yeah, that's, that's true. But I, yeah, you, you might be right. But like, no, nobody would have heard of Hammerstone, but they look at his picture. They may want to see him. Chris Masters, he it's a long time since he was on WWF TV. Been some time, yeah. Very yeah, WWE, yeah. So I would say, out of all of them, Jacques Rougeau is the name that excites me, especially. Yep, me too. Because Jacques, I think, could probably wrestle tag matches. And I know that they're definitely going to try to convince him to do it. If Jacques gets in there and mixes it up. I'd love to great. see that. Now, what will be funny because they're advertising him as the Mountie. <laughs> and I remember WWF couldn't do it in the 90s. Right. There was, a, they, they had to call him Jacques Rougeau in Canada. Well, in 1991, before SummerSlam, that jailhouse match against the Big Boss Man, yeah. they, when you saw Mean Gene Okerlund do the event center for SummerSlam, they totally omitted that entire match on the Canadian... Yeah, because they couldn't say the wrestling. word the Mountie. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and in Winnipeg, when Big he... Heat came in to wrestle Brett, they said it was Jacques Rougeau. They yep. did not say the Mountie because the Royal Canadian Mounted Police talked about filing a charge against him yep. for impersonating an officer, even that, though it was right. for the sake of entertainment. And that's so, why he was the Quebecers when yeah. they came back I think it would be hilarious if the, even if as a rib, the local RCMP detachment come down and threatened to charge the promoter for false My advertising. My brother's an RCMP money. officer. We should send him down. <laughs> and Well, they even have the, uh, the, they even did the theme, we're not the Mounties. That right. was exactly. when they were the Quebecers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they even did, they, it was even a little tongue-in-cheek little dig. Kudos to Danny for doing that. Again, he always finds a name yep. to bring Tessa Blanchard. And uh, um, he even, at one point, he had... Uh, he had Hernandez. Like he's he go, goes he he goes so far out of the box to bring people who've been on TV to these towns. And but how many times has Danny sent you that giant list of guys? Oh, it's once a month, and it's crazy. He has he sent you this list. Like, hey, who do you think out of this list? And yeah. this list <laughs> I got a funny is one. Massive. He had Orange Cassidy on the list. I said Orange Cassidy. Get Orange Cassidy, knowing there's no way Orange <laughs> Cassidy is doing dates for under two or three grand a night. Right. So I was like, get Orange Cassidy. Yeah, if you can get Orange, if you got Orange Cassidy, I'd. Would draw. If you took Massively. Orange Cassidy to Nipua, you might not draw because they might not watch All Elite, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah, like some of those towns, they wouldn't even, they look at the poster and be like, that looks like the guy that works at the gas station, <laughs> right? Unfortunately. So, but that's our, we started with local, we started hot. Adam Knight, oh, you know what? <laughs> Back to I'm very happy. No, let me just wrap it. <laughs> All right. I am so happy. Another drink. Because this guy gives me content. People think I hate Adam Knight. I do not. It gives me so much stuff to say. And everyone, like, there's not anyone who's going to hear this. They're going to think, oh, he's beating a dead horse. But the problem is, everything I predicted, I know for a fact he's trying to get a WWE dark match in August. I guarantee he's trying to get in with All Elite in uh, Regina and probably Alberta. Listen, I told you what I could do if I wanted to be a, a real dink. And I would just be send the footage to Sean Dean, send the footage to my friends that work in the WWE office, and I've got two. Send the footage to my friend, one of my friends that works in All Elite just so that they don't touch the guy and say, listen, that guy was not a plant. And in his apology, send the apology of what he acknowledged he did. And I'll tell you right out, they would not touch him because it's just it's just bad. But you won't do that. I'm not going to do that. Bruce could ask his brother what he thinks about the situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would send that right up too. <laughs> I, you know what? I should, if it wasn't for my incredible respect for Dr. Tom Pritchard, who I've never worked with, but I've always had a tremendous level of respect for, I would release what he wrote upon seeing the video of 
Adam Knight slapping the fan because it was uh, the most. Am- if you think I've jobbed out Adam Knight hard, Tom Pritchard hit it better, not even knowing it's it online happened. somewhere. I'm sure you could find yeah, you it. No, you deleted it right away. No, but I'm sure some. I'm sure it's online. If you I have it, hard. I have it. You yeah, took, exactly. You took, you took a screen capture. Of, of course, it? I did. We have it in our BG. Yes, and chat, I cut I and I cut and pasted. So I sent it to people. There are people who know exactly what was said. Adam Knight does not. It. Adam Knight does not have to face reality today. We're not going to make him get jobbed out by Tom Pritchard today. It's Mike Davidson who jobs him out, and that's bad enough. This episode of B She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal B She's Wrestling listener. You can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees Cheese. That code is B E E Z S H E E Z. One word to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in person collectible store. This unprofessional version of B She's Wrestling continues. I'm drinking Miller Genuine Draft. She's Mies is drinking Michelob Ultra. Actually, she's Wheeze. And producer Chris is drinking some watermelon gimmick. Yeah, Volksmelon. I'm worried about you. Is that a vodka seltzer? I guess so. I thought I grabbed a beer. I would have taken you for a Bud Light guy for sure. I love Bud Light. Yes, I I know that. I love a good Bud Light. And I'm I'm all for Bud Light. I prefer the taste of Coors Light, but I will drink the Bud Light brand to support their cause, even though that might tick off everyone listening. I'm a Michelob Ultra guy, but I mean, when the Bud Light thing went down, I bought more Bud Light. There you go. Hey, it's almost like we're angling for a liquor sponsor here. We might be. Hmm. Well, maybe the event center needs a good liquor sponsor. (laughs) Yeah. Liquor, I hardly know her. let's talk, let's wrap back to the Hulk Hogan debate from episode 56? 55. 55? This is 56. This This is 57. 57? Yeah. Yes, so 56 was the debate of, Yes. if Hulk Hogan turned down Vince McMahon's overture, who would have been the guy? And Todd Bullitt, our uh, our friend, listener of the show. Esteemed Todd Bullitt. Yeah, made a bullet point, as producer Chris called it. (laughs) He said, what if they had turned Jesse Ventura babyface? And that would have been a short run because he only wrestled till 86. So it would have been a short run. I have something else. Do you, th- do you think he, Jesse Ventura, retired too early or stopped wrestling too no, early? No, he had a medical condition that prevented him from doing it. Yeah, but I mean, after a few years, he maybe was capable of coming back. Uh, I think what he did to become the commentator he did made him a very rich man. Yeah, and I don't, movies. Yeah, and I don't think his wrestling career would have done that. Probably not. No. I think as a wrestler, he would have had one program with Hogan. It wouldn't have been good. By 86, he would not have been money against Hogan. By, by 87. By 87 after Andre... Hogan was pretty much set. He does the program with DiBiase after that. It could have been good. Jesse Ventura and Hogan could have been good if not the matches. Jesse's not very good. But the story the story around it, Jesse talking about you've ripped me off, blah, blah, blah. So Hulk Hogan, the, there's a debate going back that Hulk, who's who made WrestleMania, was it Hogan or was it Piper? It was Roddy Piper. Yeah. 
you need the heel to make the baby face. Hulkamania does not happen if Roddy Piper doesn't learn how to push those buttons. And that's why by WrestleMania 3, he became Piper's turn could have been the biggest thing for business. Now, was there a way that Piper could have come in as a baby face instead of a heel? He had done it in the Carolinas for, for Crockett and in Georgia. So there you go. There's a lot of options that could have been the guy. I still say it would have been Dusty. Um, Kevin Cannon said he thought Jimmy Snuka. Jimmy Snuka was in the corner of Hogan and Mr. T at Mania 1. And was out. And was gone three months later. And they pulled all his action figures off the shelves. Yes, Slaughter and Snuka leave within the span of a year. Slaughter leaves in fall of 84. He tells Vince that he's got the the G.I. Joe deal. And Vince had just signed the LJN deal and said no. And and Slaughter decides he wants to take the best deal for him, which was to become the G.I. Joe guy. And it was the best deal for him, except the territories dried up around him, so he didn't get to monetize for as long as he could have. Um, so Slaughter wouldn't have been the guy. Snuka could, I don't think Snuka could have been the guy. Because nope. I think there would have been so much shaking of the tree of what the real story was to the 83 controversy with his girlfriend. And he was still, I mean, we're not t- telling tales out of school. He was still pretty strung out at that point in his life. Well, and he didn't have the promo ability. Yeah. No, he could not talk at all. Like, I think, honestly, like, you look at, you remember Mr. Wonderful when he turned on Hogan and the business great they promos. did in Toronto the summer of 86 at 19, the big event? 1980, they could have went to, if they didn't go to Hogan Andre at three, they could have easily gone to Hogan Orndorf and got enough steam on Orndorf going into that match. All he would have had to do is pile drive Hogan onto a steel chair around January, Hogan wear the hard neck brace until Mania, and then Hulk Hogan comes back and beats Paul Orndorff. Orndorff was white hot yep. Even as a heel. they did the cage match at the beginning of 87 yep. on Saturday Night Main Event, and people bought Orndorff. Like he, that was the, that was the, the Saturday Night Main Event match was kind of the end of it. Yeah, like, and then when people said Steamboat, remember, Steamboat quit after he won the Intercontinental in title. In 87. He wanted to stay home. They took it off of him. And then he was gone in 88 because he just didn't want to be on the road. And, and again, that was if you're because gonna, he had the kid. Right. But yeah. if you're going to be the guy, you're going to be on the road. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not Steamboat. So I, I still look at it. It's a great debate. I don't think any of this happens if there's if there's no Hulk Hogan. But I will go with our two picks that we talked about, Magnum TA or Mr. Wonderful Paul. Kevin Orgoth. Cannon said Junkyard Dog. Not not at that point. His knees were already going at that point. No, he had just by been the time on top he, in U, in UWF. By the time he got to the WWF, he was not the JYD he was before. Though he was not, he was fat and slow, and he wasn't doing this the stuff. He wasn't as vicious as he was when he was the junkyard dog proper. But that's not a bad one. That's an off the board kind of. When Vince might makes you think. When Vince is looking at merchandising, which is exactly what he was looking at when he put it when he decided who went on top, he would have been looking at LJN figure sales, T-shirt sales. He suffers the same as Jesse Ventura, though. In my opinion, he could do it for maybe one or two programs, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, with JYD, that's my that's my. You guys are much more knowledgeable than me, but that's where I would be at. I it. think Vince could have got Magnum TA at that point with the promise of going on top. He definitely had Orndorff. He... Because Magnum would be good because of Magnum PI. Yeah. Like, there's that, right? I don't think he would have called him Magnum. I think he would have given him a different name. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Probably at that point. But yeah. that's that That was a great... It's debate. an interesting debate, though. Yeah. It's talking about current day. Triple H has come out and said that 
there will be a minor batch of releases by July 1st, or that's what's being reported. Well, we have 29 of them that we mentioned so a few weeks ago. So if you get released between now and July 1st, you now are part of the minor batch. <laughs> An insignificant part of the roster that we've decided to release. It's not cost cutting. It's just that you're minor to the to the organization. I, I think that, that that was what was attributed to Triple H. I can't I, I think that's a I think that would be pretty disappointing. Did he say July first, really? Yeah. Really. That there's gonna be some releases. So and that they also talked about potentially moving Monday Night Raw off of Mondays. That's Why? a huge Adding mistake. A third hour to SmackDown potentially. Oh. So there's lots. Well, because of... they're negotiating their rights. Yep. They had a third hour. Where to are SmackDown, they going to move Raw over. to? They own Mondays. They are talking about putting it on NBC, Ooh. moving it off of USA, moving it off of Fox, putting everything on NBC. What night? Well, they don't know. I I don't think so. They would ch- run Raw and SmackDown on NBC. Yes, there's no chance that NBC is going to tie their can to two nights of WWE, 52 weeks of the year. Don't I will be, don't I, be so sure. You know yeah. what? When the landscape you, is all new, and this is Endeavor we're talking about. So if you end Who's up doing? right, I'm going to have to say I was wrong. I said I was wrong again privately to you recently. <laughs> Pri- privately, privately, yes, I, privately I, doesn't I, count. I very yeah. quietly said, you know, I might have been wrong. <laughs> yeah. Bret Hart might have actually got screwed. That's right. We <laughs> nope. need to talk about that. We're not about talking that. about Bret Hart. We're not I'm, talking about I'm, all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say is after listening to a certain podcast with Gerald Briscoe and Earl Hebner, it seems very believable the way they discussed it, that it went down this way. Briscoe went to Hebner and said, when he hits the sharpshooter, you ring the bell and you raise Shawn Michaels' hand. It's that, but that does not preclude that Bret might not have still been in on it. So I might be wrong. And I'm by not the, even engaging in this conversation. By the way, to tie tie two conversations together, you talked a little bit about Roddy and how maybe uh, Hulk maybe didn't happen without Roddy. Bret Hart doesn't happen without Roddy, I think, without that that match for the Intercontinental title where Roddy mm, made him. I think Henning had already made Bret. I, I don't know. At I don't the know. SummerSlam before that. But that was the only time Roddy ever did a clean job. Exactly. Yeah. Roddy, in didn't, WWF. Roddy didn't do jobs and he did one for Bret. That made Bret. I, in That's my an opinion. interesting mania because isn't that the same one where Roberts puts over Undertaker? Yes. Uh, and eight? Savage goes over on Flair. Yes. Yeah, interesting mania. So, and Sid... <laughs> gets what is he Hogan wins by disqualification but actually it should have been Sid who won by disqualification because the ending got all screwed who up who was the ref Hebner uh, I can't remember who that was I remember Papa Shango standing there like a deer in headlights when Ultimate Warrior <laughs> just ran at him gave him a clothesline over the top <laughs> was was that the one where Papa Shango was late for the yeah was, that was the one he was late he, yeah. was, he was supposed to do a run-in and he was late yeah, yeah. so he missed the cue yeah. Speaking of run-ins that were late because people missed a cue, 2005 Action Wrestling Entertainment, it's Sanchez and Chevy are supposed to run in on massive damage and Chichi Cruz against, I believe, the Dead Ringers. Who's the Dead Ringers? They were twin brothers, but I'm not sure who it was. It might Where have are been. they from? They were from Edmonton. But it was a tag match, and it was supposed to lead to a program and Dave Levinsky was the manager of Chevy and Sanchez, and they're supposed to be at ringside the whole match. And Levinsky, and I knew because I'm the booker, and Saxon, was, and I wrote it, and there, I, come to the, I come to the gorilla position, and Chevy, Sanchez, and Dave Levinsky are standing there. Why aren't you guys at ringside? We're not, we're not due out yet. I was like, you're supposed to be out there for the whole segment. And they're like, Dave's like, no, no, that's not the way it is. I said, Dave, I wrote it. Why are you not out there? No, no, no. We're supposed to just run out and throw our water bottle and affect the finish. 
And sure enough, they run out, throw the water bottle. No one understands what happens. The finish comes off as flat as flat. So what happened there? They, Dave Levinsky just thought he knew better than the booker and just oh, chose to yes. go into business for Where himself. Where is he now? I don't know, but he was notorious for changing finishes because he thought he knew better than the booker. And it was the, one of the most annoying things. It's unprof- I like Dave, but that is one of the most unprofessional skills you can ever do is think, oh, the booker's wrong. I'm going to change the finish this way. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is completely unprofessional. Yep. It often will change the whole complexion of an angle when a guy thinks he understands the angle better. The guy who writes the angle knows the angle. You got to do what he tells you to do. But anyway, uh, story for venting. So H says minor batch. I think th- who's significant on that roster is going to get cut right now. Well, I think we went through twenty nine. Who's who the most significant? The most significant, like, is as getting- far as dollars go, dollars or name value that that is going to get cut. Oh, that's a tough question. I would say Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, mm, biggest that, name, probably the biggest do contract. They, do they cut him though, do, or do they want to hold on to him? Just they don't so, care. Just when so, was last time you saw him? Just yeah. so he can't go and compete. They don't care about. They that. don't care. They know that they're winning that competition every day, even with the new money going behind all then, elite. Then I hope it is Dolph. I hope he can go to all elite. It, I mean, it's a crap. So shoot. they'll debut him real strong, and he'll die off in three weeks. I I hope that he's good enough, and he's been around long enough that he can get himself over. I think he sh- I think he should be able to do that, even with. Jeff Hardy couldn't. The problem is with Dolph Ziggler is he's been so beaten down in the booking. Yeah. Like they've they've kind of done things with him where it's like, hey, I have the best match on the show and I'm going to come out there and give you this. And, and they give him a little bit of a push and then they always pull the carpet out from under him. And they do it over and over again so the crowd has no faith. Isn't yeah. that kind of like Natty Neidhart? Like... Natalia? Yeah, same way with her. All, one week she's challenging for 20 the, years on the roster. The, the championship, and, and the next week she, she's a enhancement. She just, man, she looks way better now. She's, yeah. she's taken out those hair extensions. and She looks fantastic. So she it's looks like, really it's like good. modern day Tito Santana. Really? She's a good hand. Yeah. yeah. Right? She's there. Same, same with Dolph Ziegler. He's the modern day Tito Santana. After Strike Force lose the tag titles, they use Santana to elevate Mr. Perfect to the Intercontinental title. And then Tito is just there for a mid card angle. He is never pushed after that. Yeah. And there was talk when Brett got the heavyweight title in 92 that they considered Tito to try to get the Latino audience. How oh they would have got gosh. Tito versus Ric Flair out of nowhere. As like, he was El Matador. And yeah, that, like, was that just, would never no, have flown. No. But it was something that Bruce Pritchard claims that they had considered. But I I, I can't see it. No. 92, isn't that, in the, isn't that around the time Kurt Henning comes back at Survivor yes. Series? Yeah. I think if they don't go to Brett there, they probably go to Henning right there the same way. Yeah, but Henning wasn't long for that world either. Well, because he, he was, was banged up. He was out of there right after SummerSlam 93 where he faced Shawn Michaels, and he was supposed to be at the Survivor Series, and then he was gone. Yeah, and, he and then he shows up at Mania. No, nope. nope. Well, yeah, he did the referee. At, and then he was uh, supposed to work the program with, with Lex Luger, Luger again. Then he disappeared until Survivor Series 95, and he was just back as a commentator until he left for WCW. In 96. In fall of 96, he does the angle with Triple H and Mark Merrow. Yeah, and he shows up on Nitro in June of 97. Yeah, it's his career was weird after he started the Lloyds of London in 90, after SummerSlam 91, after he made Brett, so. Well, yeah, because he had the the opportunity to step away and heal up his injuries and whatnot. Yes, and the thing when he came back in 92 was never supposed to happen, right? You could tell he wasn't in the shape he needed to be in. 
Well, he's never the same wrestler right. after he gets on Lloyds of London. Even in WCW, he had the odd good performance, a lot of decent promos. But, you know, when they, I remember in 97 when they were killing WW, uh, WWF in the talent acquisition and every good name would end up on WCW. And when they got Henning, everyone thought, okay, this is going to be a needle mover. And he really wasn't. He did the four horseman angle turns, mm-hmm. becomes NWO, and he's just a support guy. Yep. And yeah, and he never should have been a support guy. But, but in 97, after that angle, he kind of fit there. Bear in mind that they were using the four horsemen as support guys. Yeah. Like the four horsemen weren't... See- I watched a video this week of Paul Roma being announced as the fourth horseman. In 93? Yes, it's so... And Paul cuts a great promo. Yeah. But it's so freaking flat because he's so miscast. Yeah. They wanted to... They should have just paid Tully... He, they offered him $500 per appearance. They should have said, listen, we're going to give you $55,000 or whatever the downside guarantee you wanted and cut him in three months if it didn't work. Just see if they could recreate the magic. The best is when it's Flair, Arn, Ole, and Paul Roma, and Flair saying four horsemen are reunited. Well, then what's Paul Roma? like? That's like when you go to a Skid Row concert or like whatever lead singer, Vince Neil isn't there for Motley Crue. Yeah. Or you go see Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose isn't the lead singer. It doesn't work. Nobody buys it. It's terrible. Anyway. All right. What are we at for time, Chris? We're at 39 minutes. Only 39? Only 39. We have to filibuster for a little while. We don't have to Have another sip. Yes. My beer's almost gone, by the way. Yes. Mine too. Cheers. Cheers. We need to have another one here. Who has, are we bringing booze now to the show? We might do this every week. Sure. Allows us to ramble and shoot off on Adam Knight. I love it. Let's do the trivia. Let's go into the, it's not trivia. <laughs> Let's go into the Mary Brown's mailbag. You want to do that? Let's do it. It's time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. Crave Canadian. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's chicken. And who only uses Manitoba-grown potatoes hand-cut in-store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in-store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. Three questions in the mailbag this week. This one coming in to our email TotalBeeshees at gmail.com. You can also get at us on Instagram. Beeshees Wrestling on Instagram. Beeshees Wrestling on Facebook. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel as well. Just search Bees She's Wrestling or Total Beeshees. You'll find us. All right. First one coming in from Cheese D's, Chance Donovan. <laughs> He's asking, My question is for Mees D's. He literally wrote out Mees D's. It's Perfect. two parts. It's catching on. It is. You have a lot of heat with Adam Knight. Oh, here, no, here, here I we go. don't. Here we go. <laughs> you, you guys, you're 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 just you're just twisting the knife. You're now. welcome, Adam Knight. All right, here we go. Going through the WFX YouTube videos, I noticed there's not a lot of content with Adam Knight <laughs> in it. I feel like WFX would have made it if Adam Knight was featured more in WFX. I think you know this too, Mike. Is there part of you that's just bitter because you didn't capitalize on Adam Knight and took your own advice and made him? an exclusive WFX uh, talent. <laughs> if you had a chance to, I'm fully aware that Jeff Dick was a huge Adam <laughs> Knight guy. Could you also, 
Could this have also led to the downfall of WFX and your relationship with Jeff? Love the show. Love Big Mary's Mondays cheese D's. That's a long question. There's a lot going on there. There is a lot. But I going think on. he's figured you out. It's it's a bit of a rib, I think. But I don't think he's ribbing. But I I maybe maybe he it's Adam Knight has himself. finally diagnosed what went wrong with WFX wrestling. You've been wondering for years. Yes. Less, too too little Adam Knight. So. I could be very funny about this question because it was I when I could laugh and not stop laughing if I couldn't take this serious. Adam Knight would have been exposed very quickly in the WFX locker room as average at best, and I hate to say that. Well, no, I don't hate to say that. Actually, I quite enjoy saying it. I've had this debate with Steve Stryker many times in the last ten years, where he's like, "Adam Knight could go with any heavyweight in the country," and I said, "No, he can't. He actually isn't that good." He never shines in any situation. There is no, mechanically, he's not that good. He cannot be booked. He cannot be produced. If I had had him in WFX, he would have not followed direction. He would have got yelled at in front of everyone. And guys like Bob Hawley or Billy Gunn or Charlie Haas would have tried to pull him aside and tried to coach him. And he was uncoachable. And he would have gotten heat. He would have got his ass fired. And I often said that I had an angle where he does the dreaded small package. And that would have worked, but he could never pull it off. That locker room in WFX in 2010, the hierarchy in that locker room was Billy Gunn was near the top because of the way he was hired. And guys like Bob Hawley and Charlie Haas were there to really support the guys. They took an interest in all the guys that they might work with. Eugene. All the locals. Eugene and, and Gangrel were two guys who thought like trainers, who tried to teach people, who would see things. With Godders. Remember what he did with Godders? Exactly. Yep. Who would see, okay, this guy needs the work here, here, and here. And they would take people under the ring. John Cutler. They all mm -hmm. saw that John Cutler, despite having a developmental deal that he'd gotten released from, they all saw that he had to come up a notch, that he needed work. The problem was they would have seen, they would have sniffed out Adam Knight as a mediocre talent very quickly and either said, there's nothing here, so don't use him maybe as a, sparingly as a jobber, or they would have said, we tried to teach him and he can't be taught. And either way, he would not have fit that locker room. At the time, he was extremely exclusive to Andrew PCW and he wasn't going to break that. But even if he had called me, there would have been, it would have been such a very frank conversation of, I have limited confidence in you because you're not easy to produce. And on this pro, on this, in this company, if you're told to do this and it's on paper and you're, you're not, it's not a negotiation, you're going to do what's being told of you. And I had that same exact approach with Kevin Thorne, who had just come off of WWE TV. And what it was, I saw it was you're being asked to do this. <laughs> which means you're being paid to do this. If you don't want to do what's being asked of you and essentially being told to you, then I don't want to pay you anymore. So then we can't do business anymore. And, and Kevin Thorne relented and tried to do it better. And what ended up happening was after one night where Kevin Thorne changed a finish after that, I was pro I remember Sabu apologized. It was Sabu and Bob Holly against uh, Gangrel and, Kevin Thorne, Kevin Thorne changed the finish. I yelled at Billy Gunn, your guy changed the finish. Billy Gunn took them in a room and yelled at them and screamed at them. And when they came out, they all apologized to me. And after that, Gangrel gave me a promise. He said, from now on, you let me know exactly what you need and I will never let it change again. And to, true to their word, 
The leadership in that locker room was, don't stress, we will fix any problem. And they went out of their way to do it. Adam Knight would have become a problem and they would have just, he just would have been excused and never heard from again. In Yellowstone, they call it taking it to the, taking him to the train station. In this case, he would have just been ushered to the parking to lot. To the bus station. <laughs> yeah, he would have been ushered to the parking lot and never heard from again. Let me ask Not you a something. fight, just you don't come back. Let me ask you something. So say in an alternative universe, Primo's Wrestling hires Mike Davidson as oh, a God, booker. Oh, God, please no. And you, you walk in there, and you have to work with Adam Knight. So the first thing I would do is I would contact him before, and I would Would say, he piss and moan about it, though? Do you yeah, think? he would politic against it. But assuming I had autonomy and assuming I was coming in, I would probably, like, there would have to be something first financially that, the, like, I don't know what it would t- I I would not leave a job to go produce local wrestling. And unfortunately, the amount of work I do, I don't think I have an opening to do much, which is why BC's Wrestling didn't launch. But well, I, we're up to 5% this week, I heard. Six? Six? Six percent. Okay, oh, there we go. Climbing. It's doubled. Wow. Um, so what would happen is I would contact Adam Knight, say, listen, I'm f- I have full autonomy, full range, and I would not be coming in alone. I would have a team. You know, my friend Sean Brown just closed is closing his gym. He has nothing but time to come and be involved in helping me. And his job is to get wrestlers from point A, point a to point B. His job might be to work on nutrition with guys. His job might be to t- give guys training tips. But he would be there, and there's another reason for that. Because Adam Knight gets a little squirrely and wants to go. He, he's not going to pick that fight with Sean Brown around. Let's be very honest about that. But you would also be asked to be a part of this. Because I trust your quality, and I'm speaking to Jeez Weiss here. I trust your ability for quality control. I don't think I could convince you to do it. Just like I don't think I could be convinced to do it. But the conversation with Adam Knight would go like this. Regardless of what your heat with me is, I actually don't have heat with you. I'm just honest about what the shortcoming is. So we have to work on your shortcoming. So you're going to be produced this way. And if it doesn't work, you're just going to be gone. So if you don't want to do it, just go. But if you're willing to do this, here's where, and I would tell him exactly where he's going to get to. I will make you a top heel. Don't ever touch a fan. Because you touch a fan, someone's going to touch you. In front of that fan, I'm going to, I'm basically going to tie your hands up and that fan's going to be able to whip you with a stick to make it up to, to that fan. It doesn't matter, whatever it would be. But I would tell him, here's the tight box you're in and you're not going to have a lot of fun, but you're going to be a very good heel and people are going to talk about you. And, and when we produce videos with you, you're going to deliver them a certain way or you're not going to do them. I think he would never do it. But I also know this, that entire locker room would not be ready and the guy I talked to who said, like, it's very disorganized, those guys who are whispering that would be like, this is a breath of fresh air. Here's a booker who comes in and treats it like a locker room, who's coaching guys, who's giving guys grief when they don't do it right, who's telling guys when they did everything right. There, every guy, there would be accountability in that locker room. And that's what's lacking in all the local companies I is see. a guy that says, Hey, that's not what you were told to do. Do it this way. Next time, if you screw up again, there's nothing left for you. I've seen a lot of videos on, on the Primo's like website. They post a lot of videos and matches. There's a lot of guys that need coaching mm-hmm. specifically like in ring coaching. That's little I'll tell you the, things, what they need to do. And it's not an expensive thing to do is I would be invest, I would do a deal with Dinsmore, who's six hour drive away and willing to drive up. I would say, okay, this is going to cost us $700 a show or whatever it might cost. We're going to put him on the tour. So he might, it might come down per show that it's doable, 
but he's got to train two or three guys each tour because they need it. Yeah. They did the workout with Trent Seven. One workout isn't going to fix it. Well, they also shouldn't be wrestling first and then training after. Absolutely. Like, you know, and I saw a video, and I'm not going to say who was in this video, but the guy was getting pinned, and then the referee was counting to three. It was a false, you know, it was a two count. The referee's looking at the shoulders, but the guy did this lazy kick out where he just rolled his left shoulder. The referee was on the other side. So Stop logic, but logic tells me the referee should be looking at his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. he won't see it. If logically. he can't see his shoulder comes up, how does he know it's up? Yeah. But these guys don't understand little tiny things like that that makes me crazy when I see this what stuff. What they would need is a, it, what they would really need is for at least like, and they, they'll never do this, but have the harshest of critics, yourself, myself, come down and just let us rip it apart. Hey, y- you might think you're good, but you're not good enough yet. And just break down every mistake we saw. Apparently Trent Seven, when he was doing some training with them, uh, somebody told me that Mark Merrick had said, well, that gives me faith that my training is working because he agrees with a lot of the things that I've done and a lot of my methods. And I'm like, what? Are you crazy? That's a case of the guy who is getting paid endorsing the guy who's paying him. Because that's not what I heard. Well, so that became an answer all into itself. There you go. There we go. That's a very long-winded... Oh, by the way, Jeff Dick was not close with that night. <laughs> yes, we need to. He, there was never a conversation... <laughs> you know who Jeff Dick always encouraged me to try to mend bridge with? Kenny Omega. And Kenny. And one thing Jeff Dick said in 2010 is, would you mind if I tried talking to him? And I said, I just didn't think it was worth it. But Adam Knight never... In fact, I don't think Jeff Dick ever really had that propensity to even appreciate Adam Knight. What would Jeff Dick say about Adam Knight? How, how would he say it? Uh, <laughs> Adam Knight is just like every other local, the whole nine yards, all day long. But how But how would he say ah, it? <laughs> ah, I just don't see it. Like He's not. He, he, he's a good enough wrestler, and he, he does the moves okay, but ah, he, doesn't, he doesn't get the business. <laughs> All right, the Adam Knight segment has come to an end. Top heel in the business today. This one coming in from Jill. She sent it through Instagram. Top heel in the business today. Mm. I have got my pick. Go. Uh, L.A. Knight. Eli, Eli <laughs> you Drake. love that guy. He's the best. He's the best person going today. He's better than MJF, in my opinion. But he's a baby face kind of now, isn't he? He's a tweener right now. But I, he, he has the ability to be the best heel in the business. I will he tell does not you, care. I will tell you, he is very difficult to work with. No doubt. Very difficult. And you talk about a guy who does not take instruction well. <laughs> yeah. That is a guy... That doesn't surprise me one you bit. Better yeah. Be, yeah. You better be the most talented guy on the roster... If you're not going to take direction well, because it, I think he is, it's got to you got to fluke into good segments right. so that the company doesn't just fire you. So I think that might be, you know, obviously there's always things behind the scenes that we're not aware of. I sure. think that could potentially be something, but he is organically getting over. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's why I went with him. Okay, I will go with uh, Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good pick because that guy, I mean, he, he needs to work on his facial expressions. He needs to do a little more sneering. Um, he still looks like he's trying to play a bad guy yeah. as opposed to feeling it a little more. I think that's going to come with time, but the guy grabs the microphone and the, 
place boos him out of the building. Yeah. His work is good. Remember, he bypassed developmental, went straight to the main roster during the pandemic. He was basically thrown into the fire. And honestly, I think he's carved a nice little heel role for himself. I think this Judgment Day thing would not be anywhere close to what it is without him. He's my vote. They they did the right thing putting him with Judgment Day though to season him up a bit because sure. the, the, when he does he does the moves well and he does them like they're they're sound, but there's just not the feeling behind it. You know the intent, and he's I'm starting to see that when I watch him on TV now I'm starting to see him really like when he throws a boot it looks like he's trying to kick somebody not yeah he's trying to work a he, kick. He needs to be more smarmy, more slimy. He needs to talk about you know being in jail and how he's a hardened criminal yeah. and like sometimes when he does stuff like that it's almost like he's like. I'm doing this and you're supposed to like laugh at me because I'm not really a like take it but, serious. Yeah, buy, like it's just by the gimmick. There's just something that's missing, but I'm just gonna chalk that up to time. I think with some experience, he's just gonna get better. I agree with that. Mm. Mies D's? Mies D's. You're pondering. Well, because I I want to be a smart ass and say, well, Dave Meltzer is the biggest heel in the business. But that's not really that fair. He yeah. listens. He might he might hear that. Yeah, he <laughs> might hear that. Shout out to to, Uncle uh, Dave. Uncle Dave. I will say this. How would you, Carney, Uncle Dave? Ease, D's. D's, me's. Oh, oh, Uncle. Uncle. Ease, ease, yeah. Um, <laughs> ease, so, D's. Okay, so I'm going to eliminate MJF and, and Roman Reigns for obvious reasons. Uh, God. How about Sammy Guevara? He's up there. Yeah. He'd be I mean, a good What's pick. the Impact Champion's name again? Steve Macklin. He's doing good work as a heel. He is, and just a phenomenal guy. Like, yeah. just a great guy. He's carrying that any, any like, that company is still trending in the right direction. They are. Um, and he came out of nowhere to replace Josh Alexander as champion. And that's not how it was supposed to go down, but due to circumstances, that's how it went yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had actually had a pretty cool storyline planned for that that didn't evolve. With Kushida winning it? No. No. Okay, anyway. So I would say God, it's it's so tough. Like there's so many guys out like John Moxley to me is a heel, even though the fans don't really respond to him as a heel. But my basis of why I think he's a he would be a much better heel. CM Punk might end up being the most booed guy in the business when he comes back on uh, AEW uh collision. Don Callis, but not, but he's not really over. Who hasn't been on TV this week, by the way, so that's been dropped. Well, you know why? Because I think he's going to be named the color commentator on Collision. Okay. That's what my guess is. We'll I think see him they, in Regina, maybe, yeah, on July I think, 8th. I think they've decided to move him to Collision. Jericho's a good heel. Like, I just don't think, other than the two top guys, I don't think there's heels working hard to get over as heels. So it's really hard for me, and, and Macklin's the other one. He was doing it good. Guys who have to go on top as heels tend to have to do it well. That's A champion heel is always going to be a good heel because they've got so many tools for little things they can do to get over, the way they brag, the way they deny history, the way that they invent their story, the way that they avoid losing the title. They have every opportunity to turn themselves or to really push the envelope as a heel. When you don't have a belt and you're not the top guy, it's very hard for a heel to get really over. The best heel I ever worked with was Michael Elgin because it matched his natural personality. 
He, he yeah, he is a natural heel. <laughs> he was very like he just didn't change it. He just turned it up a little. He bit. just the first time I met him rubbed me the wrong way immediately. Charlie Haas he rubs everybody. Yeah, the wrong Charlie way. Haas also was a true authentic heel. Did not want fans to cheer him. And in WFX, the one thing that that thanks to Liam Phillips was very very drawn. You did not miss it. This guy's a baby face. This guy's a heel. The story would tell that. That's what WWE and All Elite miss. All Elite is terrible for putting two guys in the ring, and you're like, I thought that they're both heels, or I thought they're both baby faces, and without an explanation of what put them in the ring, so it blurs the lines of who's who and what they're trying to do. Well, look at John Moxley, your your buddy yeah. here. Like he's supposed to be a heel, but he's a heel who delivers on everything he promises. Like this week, yeah, he so says, he's not a heel, right? Yeah. Like that, so, like, this week he says, I'm going to make you guys bleed at the pay-per-view and this and that. That is going to happen. Yeah. Or would, would have happened as this airs yeah, after yeah. the pay-per-view. It's, well, let me, let me throw out a name for you, then. Ricky Starks. Before he had that sort of, well, before they turned him face with no explanation like you're talking about, he was a heel. And he was a smarmy heel. And he was believable. And people hated him. I think he might have been, he would be in the conversation with Sammy Guevara and... LA Knight. Is Christian Cage still a heel? He, oh yeah. He that would be a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. He when he the, the I just don't buy him. The jungle boy? No way. You don't like that the was, turtleneck? That was I don't like so the good. turtleneck. I didn't like the Kenny Omega seg, uh, promo or the canvas program shoes. two years ago. No, that sucked, but the jungle boy prom the jungle boy part was pretty good. I wish people could see my face because it was unimpressed. I <laughs> think anybody in all elite, it would be tough to say anybody in all elite is the top heel in the business. Yeah. I think it would have to be somebody from WWE. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's so move it's on. Brock or, or, uh, or maybe Roman. Paul Heyman. Yeah. Paul Heyman would be good. That's a fair. Paul Heyman would be, we didn't think about that because he's not like a worker worker, but yeah, Paul Heyman. They got to get back to knowing how to get guys over his heels. All right. This one comes into our Facebook from Jason. Third one. A third question. Over the years, Vince has dropped the ball on a lot of different guys. Who has he dropped the ball the most on? Who has the biggest wasted potential? And he sent that to Facebook, by the way. I think I mentioned that. I have two. Well, let's start with you because you've got two. And I don't have any at the moment. So I'm going to go back to a downtime for the business in around, you know, 05, I would say, 06 maybe. Um, Two guys that I thought could have done way better with. Doug Basham. No. (laughs) But they were getting great responses from the crowd. They had an interesting character. People were connecting. The two guys, one is Carlito. Yes. Carlito was a great... Babyface, he's one of those, you know, he spit the apple. Like, people liked Carlito. And we're talking 2005. This was a long time ago. That was one that I thought they, you know, it's right there for you guys. Mm -hmm. It's right there. The people want to like this guy, and they didn't do it. The other one I would say would be Mr. Kennedy. Oh. Ooh. Because Mr. Kennedy in WWE, he was awesome. He could talk. His work was good. Um, but the crowd, he the crowd loved them. Yeah, they he was, loved. He him. was awesome. And I don't know what happened. I mean, he had a little bit of a run there, but reckless streak. Randy Orton, yeah, cut his nuts off. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, that's the story. There could have been way more from those two guys. As soon as you said wasted opportunity, those are the first two guys, and I'm sure there are many others that you know. We'll put it to the listeners of the B She's sure. show. Yeah, you know. But like off the top of my head, those are my two. Okay, right. I've got mine. Uh, Vader. 
Vader yeah. coming in from WCW was an absolute killer, a monster. He should have been on top as the champion. He should have been killing everybody. And they brought him in, and it was wishy-washy. One week you got Killer Vader, next week you got Vader that was being told, you could tell he was being told to let up a little bit. Sean cut his balls off. Sean cut his balls off, because Vader's stiff, stiff to work with. Snug, I don't know if stiff's right, but snug. He was, he he laid in his shots. So Vader is probably like, him or Bam Bam Bigelow are probably the two best big (laughs) big men in the business that never really had the big runs. Yeah. So I w- I'm going to go with, with Vader. They primed Bigelow after uh, the Mania with Lawrence Taylor, 11, uh, but it never came to fruition. Okay, so I've got a bunch. Steiners in 93, they get the tag team titles, but they didn't have any he- real good heel teams to work with. They needed a team like someone, like the Steiners got really overworking with Doom, then with our, any team that included Arn Anderson. They didn't have either of those in WWE. F at the time. Hakushi, 1995-96. good one. Could have been bigger. Chris Candido came in as the body Donna at the same time. That's a good one. Could have been a good, way better contributor for the company, but got cut off by the the click. Um, Killer IC champion material right there. But he was short. He was short. He was a bit of a punching bag in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because his girlfriend was not, she did him no favors. Your ex-fiance. Your ex-fiance. Not my, (laughs) guys. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. There's a couple of others that I, that I think about that really should have led or should have been something. Um, they had a developmental guy named Steve Bradley that was supposed to be a big deal. Never, ever came, came through. Um, who am I missing? There was a, there was another one that I, that I had in mind, but, uh, it's, it slips my mind, but they, they, they miss on, when they miss on a guy, I think the Steiners jumps out at me the biggest one. And Barry Windham, 89, when they brought him in as the Widowmaker, was supposed yeah. to be primed. Like they, One of the things they thought about was him and Hogan. Was that when he was a Night Stalker? Or was no, it, he was Widowmaker. Maker, okay. And he, he was tall, lean. Um, Suplex fresh, off the top rope. Yeah, that fresh was cool. off his run at, at Crockett as the second heel in the company. Should have been able to at least have a program with Hogan. But he, my understanding is when... Blackjack and Kendall got in, sh- in trouble for the uh, counterfeit. He asked for time off, and he never came back on his own accord. So they they miss on a lot of guys. Um, in 84, when Hogan goes on top, although they really didn't get a chance to go where they sh- could have gone, they went to Dr. D. David Schultz as a program. I think Ken Patera versus Hogan would have been a hot program at that time because Patera, natural heel and was still looking really good before he went to jail. When they came out, Patero was a baby face. That didn't work. It was never going to work. Actually, they should never have brought him back when he got out, but that's just my opinion. There's so many cases where they they brought a guy in and it was like, I like you have no idea where they're going to try to go with it. Well, well, I made a crush. I made a joke about Doug Basham, but if you ever watched any of his OVW stuff, he was killer. And Cornette talks about him like he was a second coming around New York and he was Tall, good looking. Is that the one they he made shave his head? Long hair, not tall, but long hair. Really good body. They brought him in with uh, Danny Basham and they made him shave their head and put him in leather. Yeah. They made them just generic job guys, essentially. And he never recovered from it. He got a tryout with TNA. And the story goes he went to do this spot where they threw him out, out of the ring. And he'd done this spot a million times where he sailed out through the middle and top rope and didn't touch and just landed on the floor while he knocked himself out. <laughs> on the way out because of that oddly shaped ring that they had in TNA at the time. And he's never got another shot after that. TNA yeah. gave him that look 
And that's, so that's a guy I would, th- I would think about. Cause I went back after hearing about like how good he was and I found some old OVW footage and it was super smooth in the ring. I, maybe you could talk about that more. You yeah. would have probably crossed paths with him, Jeff. Yep. Yeah. He was, uh, I mean, super talented guy. Both yeah. those guys. Um, I think Danny Basham was the, the damager in OVW, yeah. I think is what he was working as when I was down there. Um, but you know what? Another one that I think about as far as missed opportunity and you know, there are Muhammad Hassan. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that would be a good one. But you know what? One that just makes me so sad, makes me so sad, is Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. That guy, first of all, is an amazing person. An amazing person. Just the nicest guy. And, you know, he had that hepatitis situation in TNA. I mean, and I don't know what's involved in that. Like, I guess, I don't know if that clears up or can you come back from that? I don't know how that works. But... You know, you've seen other guys come back from things, but like he was around with like American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and he was in that original like wave of those ROH guys. And man, that guy could have been, he could have been something. He could have been a world champion in WWE. Should have been, yeah. And just to see, and don't get me wrong, he's phenomenal at commentary and AEW should be grateful to have him. And hopefully, maybe... They do something with him on that Wembley show in August. But that is a guy that I just, I feel so, my heart breaks for him when you watch that. I don't know if you've seen that documentary on the WWE Network on him. If you haven't seen it, I'd go out of your way to watch it. It's just absolutely heartbreaking to see what this guy's been through. And he deserved a better fate for sure. All right, there we go. Three questions in the mailbag. And I think it's time now for your segment, Jeff. The Bees She's Wrestling Event Center. Cue the music! This is the BG's Wrestling Event Center, and here's what's coming up here locally. Canadian Wrestling's Elite has a busy June. June 2nd, they're in Lorette, Manitoba. June 7th through 10th, the masterpiece, Chris Masters, will be on tour with Canadian Wrestling's Elite. And coming up in the month of July, they have their annual Canada Day show, and Jacques Rougeau, the Mountie will be coming on tour with Canadian Wrestling's Elite from July 25th to 29th. Check them out on Instagram at CWE.Canada. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling is coming back at the end of July. As mentioned, they are totally sold out for their Blue Crushed show, but you can get all the information on Winnipeg Pro Wrestling at WPG Pro. Primo's Wrestling has a busy June. On June 2nd, they'll be in Swan River, Manitoba. June 3rd, they're in Roblin. June 4th, in Flin Flon. And June 9th, they will be in Brandon. They make their return to Winnipeg on June the 16th. And then July 1st, Canada Day, they will be in Winnipeg Beach. Check out Primo's Wrestling WPG on Instagram. Wrestling for a Cause will be in Gimli on June the 3rd. And Cloud9 Wrestling will be at the Kanupawaka Dakota Nation in Manitoba on June the 23rd. My apologies for that pronunciation, but all the information, you can check them out on Instagram at C9Wrestling. And that is your Bees She's Wrestling Event Center. <laughs> well, for G's Wee's in the Event Center, and I think he dropped the can of beer. Hopefully it was empty. Thank God. Um, and Adam Knight for giving us so much content this week from, how does Ed Whalen say it? In the meantime, and, and in, in between, between time, time, another edition of B She's Wrestling. No blendos, please.
Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the Iceman. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the Iron Claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friends, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Eric, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair when he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights. They were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?